Well, let me put that up. Love Talk Radio. People want to listen. Let's get love in a better place. Pick up a bird, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. Gain new knowledge for a fresh new start. They never will bring you there MJ Network, MJ up to my sister, Marsha Joyce, and I'm so excited. Deb Pines is here with her book, Oh, You Gotta Read Wicked Schemes. When a local online message board says a murder is announced, oh, this is so cool. All are welcome on July 18, 2021 at 9, 15 p.m. At Merrill Manor, Chakra is above. Many show up expecting a harmless murder mystery game. Oh, wait till you find out what happened, because I'm not going to tell you. But wait till you meet my <laughs> favorite character, Mimi. And wait till you find out that she's in the house. So how are you? And this is so cool, this book. I really like this. It just, like, cheered me up when I read it. <laughs> okay. Thank you for having me, Fran. I'm always honored to be your guest here. And I'm open to answering anything you want to know about the book, but I really appreciate, you know, being back here again. It's so nice of you to have me. I'm glad you're here, too, and I'm going to put on Facebook for people to listen because, believe it or not, my students want to listen. I'm serious. Fabulous. So That's fabulous. That, that's, that's, a, so that, nice. that's unreal. So, so tell us a little about the book, and how did my Mimi become a town sleuth and how did she connect with my favorite character, Sylvia? Sorry. Yeah, okay. I love Sylvia. Well, let me say, um, this, this in this book, you know, it's it's somewhat doing the same thing I've done in that it's book number nine in a series that's set in the Chautauqua Institution in far western New York. And in some ways, it's doing something new because I tried to take an Agatha Christie story, a famous uh, not one of the most famous Agatha Christie stories, but it's called um, A Murder is Announced. And I took it and updated it and set it in Chautauqua. And instead of having Miss Marple solve the crime, mm-hmm. I used my characters, Mimi and Sylvia, to solve the crime. So it's, and instead of having it announced, um, you know, in a traditional newspaper, um, a murder is announced in this Chautauqua story online on one of those blogs that's sort of like the neighborhood blog where people post, um, mm-hmm. you know, I need a plumber or I need a painter recommendation mm-hmm. or, you know, that kind of stuff. There's one in Chautauqua that's called the Grapevine. It really exists. And yeah. so I use that to announce this event. Should I do some more on Mimi? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. No, that 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 is that is great. Maybe I should try that when I want to announce when I've written something that's different or something. Okay, absolutely. On the neighborhood blog where people, you know, share local information, they say, you know, I'm I'm looking, I don't know, I'm looking for 
a young person to help me unload my car because a lot of the people uh-huh. that she talk were elderly. And so they, you know, just, or I'm giving away a bicycle or something. Um, so that happens that for real so cool. in Chautauqua. And then I started it with this fake setup where she, somebody announces a murder and people show up thinking it's just going to be a murder game, like a, one of those who done it, you know, and people guess just mm-hmm. for fun. And who is so Mimi? Should I do that? Yeah, Mimi. Yeah, is, I love Mimi. Um, and anybody else that you yeah, want to share with us from the list? Because you have a whole bunch of characters, and if I do that, we won't get to find out what really we happened. We won't. And then you're going to be shocked, so people. You tell me. What do you? <laughs> there's a ton of characters. It's kind of like the Agatha Christie stories, where there's yeah. you know six or seven people who might have done it, and you know I I put the car- list up front in this book. Because I feel, feel mm-hmm. like people have said to me sometimes it's hard to keep track um, of of the various characters. So you know, there's a list in the front in case you mm-hmm. sort of forget who everybody is. You can go refer to the list. And actually, I'm starting to go back to my old books and add a list, a cast of characters because people like that about this book. Well, I liked it about this book, too, because, and the other thing I liked about the book, people, is the font was big. I didn't need a magnifying glass to read it. <laughs> um, okay. I, I, um, yeah, I, I, I just, yeah, this go is ahead. great, let me tell you. I didn't need large print. Thanks, I mean, man. I just read five books in the last three days, and I needed eye, and I, I, I strained, because literally the font was so small, I couldn't even see that. That's how bad it is. And this is like, well, oh, I'm not. Yeah, thank you. I'm getting older myself, so I appreciate the large type, and I know a lot of the readers um, who read my books are older and appreciate it, so I've tried to keep that going, um, people saying they like the large type. Uh, oh, I just I like the large type. The, yes, good. I just like it good, anyway. Good. <laughs> yeah, It's I just like more it fun to read it. It goes too. faster, too. Yes, I agree, and... You know, I mean, if you're reading it on a Kindle, you can enlarge it, you know, as much as you like. It's in your own control. But if you like to read the paperback, you know, it comes in the large type. Um, Should I tell you a little about Mimi? Yes, tell us a lot about Mimi. All right. Well, Mimi is the recurring sleuth in my mystery series. And people write me and they say, is Mimi you, you, you know, because uh, mm-hmm. she is, but I generally say she's younger, braver, and prettier, um, although uh, <laughs> she is getting up in years right now. But uh, she used to be a copy editor at the New York Post, and I am currently mm-hmm. still a copy editor at the New York Post, and I've been there for 20 years. And uh, she now, she's moved to Chautauqua, New York, which is a real place. And Mm -hmm. it had actually a moment in the news this summer, which wasn't good news, but um, Salman Rushdie was attacked in Chautauqua this summer. I don't know if you saw that in the news, but um, it's generally a place with no crime. And, yeah, the only crime that's previously been in, in Chautauqua is in fiction in my books. So it's sort of tragic that there was a moment of real violence. Um, happily, he survived and, you know, is recovering, Salman Rushdie. 
But anyway, Mimi mm. is a reporter for the little local newspaper in Chautauqua. And anytime something bad happens in Chautauqua, in my fiction, um, the locals generally think uh, the person died of natural causes. They're not suspicious. They're local people who are used to everything um, going well. She comes from New York City. She comes from a tabloid background. So she often thinks the worst and generally facts bear her out. She thinks the worst and she's correct in these stories in Chautauqua, you know, in my mysteries. Um, She gets suspicious. She follows clues to more clues to clues and then solves the case in probably 250 or 300 pages. Um, They're not very long reads. And in this one um, and in the last, Maybe the last half of the series, she has a sidekick who Fran likes almost better than Mimi, <laughs> and that's, that's Sylvia, and she's in her 90s. Um, I'm freezing her age because otherwise she's getting too old yeah. to solve, solve crimes, but she's always in her 90s. And how did she meet Mimi, you asked me? Um, she yeah. Is, uh, she was a widow. And was very, very, uh, very much in the depression, in a funk, grieving. In um, the book was called Fruit of Lies. And her daughter asked Mimi as a favor, would you give my mother just some task just to get her out of her funk? And her mother, Sylvia, is so smart and savvy. And so it started out just Mimi as a favor giving this older woman a job to do to check something out on a case. And she did such a good job and they made such a good team that uh, they've hung together since. And now they're a unit solving crimes in Chautauqua. <laughs> and well, wait till you see who addition, drives too. Yes. <laughs> so, and my friends or some of the readers write me, Sylvia shouldn't be driving, but Sylvia's in her 90s, she's so cool. yeah, and she's a great driver, but I am stopping her age at 90 because people are saying once she got up to sort of older than 90, she shouldn't safely be driving, but um, yes, Mimi's a New York City, okay, Mimi's a New York City girl, grew up in Brooklyn, never really learned to drive. She did drive a little bit when she was a young woman, but then gave it up, took took the subway. She's just not comfortable driving. So Sylvia does the driving. I prefer and, the uh, chauffeur service, too. <laughs> okay, an Uber? Yeah. No, no, my husband suffers me. No, my husband drives okay. me. He's a chauffeur. Do, do you drive, or, 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 It's a long story. Do you drive? Let me okay, put it to, let me put it to you this way. I had my driver's license yeah. and I got it along when I was a kid because I passed it on the first shot because the guy thought I was cute. No, I'm serious. Okay. And um, I believe it. I have a bad habit of driving in the direction of the cute guy on the street. <laughs> so it was better. All right. Oh, I'm serious. Well, anyway, it was I don't, better to keep I don't me drive off the street much. So I'm I'm sort of that person too. I live in New York City and I don't drive, and I've sort of just given that skill up. Um, so I could use a Sylvia to drive me around, 
or your husband. Well, <laughs> um, yeah, well, so I have, we, we have Greenberg, yeah. Greenberg Car Service up here, which is um, when, when we had the pandemic and whatever, we, we lost the car in, 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 the, in Ida. So yeah. they drove us around. Thank God. Mm. So who is the victim yes. that gets killed in, in the manor? And why a prank? That was so cool. Let me tell you. Okay, thank you. It's a very, very complicated whodunit, this one. And I enjoyed mm-hmm. doing a complicated one because it was modeled, like I said, after the Agatha Christie story. Mm-hmm. But it takes, like, a tremendous amount of explaining. But what uh, each step is sort of like, what, what, what? You know, it's sort of a, a tr- very tricky. So who's killed is – so people show up for this thinking it's just like a whodunit mystery game, mm-hmm. um, which which they sell nowadays. You can buy, you know – a the clues and everything, you know, and mm-hmm. assign people roles in a dinner theater kind of way. Um, so anyway, the guy shows up and and the lights go out and he says, stick them up, put your hands in the air. And people are laughing, thinking it's just a joke. And then you mm-hmm. hear three shots ring out and a flashlight or something clatters to the floor. And when they finally get the lights on or get a flat, you know, get a cell phone light, they realize that the intruder is dead by the door in a costume. And so it's just so puzzling. He came in saying, stick him up. And then you hear shots in the dark and Mm -hmm. you think he's shot someone, but it turns out he's dead, the intruder. So then um, there's a question of whether he actually fired his a gun and um it seems like he came maybe with a grudge uh to settle with the homeowner and that he Mm. shot at her that's what it looks like because there's shots in the wall and the homeowner uh betsy kowalski has blood dripping (laughs) from her ear yeah and so like it's just puzzling like what happened you know and so that's just the beginning. That's just like, why is he dead, the the intruder who said, stick him up? And I don't want to give away too much, but there's... So don't give any more away. Is, yeah, nothing is what it seems. It's just one of those ones where you come in with some assumptions and everything gets turned on its head. And... Uh, some of the fun of it is, you know, the different personalities. I think you also mm-hmm. like Tinsdale in this, the young policeman. Well, that's my next so, question. Yes, how did you get yes. that? Yes, Officer Tinsdale is really cool, and the detective that belittles him needs a kick in the butt. Yes, and he Tinsdale does. is smarter than his detective. Yes. So tell us about him, and then. Spill a little bit about Betsy. That's all I'll say about her. Okay. Well, Tinsdale, you know, similar to Sylvia, who people have loved yeah. Sylvia, not just you. The older crowd really loves a 90-year-old getting in there, and she's so courageous and no-nonsense. Sylvia, I got fan letters for Tinsdale this, with this book. And I'm actually going to mm-hmm. make him a recurring character. He's going to come back in the next book. Oh, good. Book. Yeah, so good. when you first meet him in this book, 
he's brand new. He's not even been on the job for a week, and he's so nervous. And I think he's so conscientious and sweet and local, and the cynical guy he reports to belittles him, belittles Mm -hmm. Kinsdale for just being a newbie and looking very young. He calls him Doogie Howser, like the – I don't know if you remember that TV show. There was a TV show where, like, something like a Mm -hmm. 12-year-old is a medical doctor or something. He's sort of a prodigy or something like that. But anyway, so Tinsdale shows up first, and he has never been to a murder. There's almost no murders in this community. And he shows up, and he's very nervous. And he first thinks maybe there's a shooter, a live shooter on the ground, you know, and he comes in with his gun and then he realizes that it's a party of mainly elderly people who've come to, you know, thinking it was a murder game. And it's just so puzzling. And the police, the dispatcher says, what have you got there? And he looks around, you know, could he call it a suspicious death? I mean, it's that almost seems like understatement. You know, it's so weird, a guy in a Mm. costume by the door, a room full of people, you know, who seem like would never be involved in any kind of criminal behavior in Chautauqua, which is the most peaceful, remote spot, a summer arts community in western New York. And so he's, uh, he's puzzled, and his boss tells him, you know what, just get the basics and tell the witnesses to stick around for me. Just act like a traffic cop. Don't you're no don't have to be Sherlock Holmes. And he starts questioning people, and he's curious. And also, he thinks I want to make a good impression. I'm brand new. I'm, what if I mm. solve this? So he uh, he he's there asking questions. Mimi's there asking questions, and the police are there asking questions. So you have you know a few different sort of uh, avenues, a few different, mm. you know, investigations going on kind of simultaneously. Uh, yeah, let's see, well, in the first steps, yeah, what else? Uh, okay, here we go. You know, the, yeah. this is the part that, that intrigues me the most, when there's a murder. Yes. And it's how right. the author is able to write this part, the writing process. You see, I'm actually trying to do something different next time, and it's not easy. That's okay. why I read all of your books and a few others so I can learn. So when people, okay. a police officer like Tinsdale or the other being Badhead, ask for witnesses, yes. witnesses never agree about anything. So how do you write, you know, each one sees something different. So how do you write that so eventually you figure, he figures out who's telling us the truth and who's not? I know. Well, it's very hard. I mean, I think in real life, a lot of times we never really know who's telling the truth unless, you know, something uh, forensic Mm -hmm. evidence or something like that proves one right or wrong. Um, In this case, uh, people come with their preconceived ideas. So you have like a know-it-all mansplaining judge, and he comes in and he's convinced that the intruder either shot himself by accident or on purpose. Mm. And he just comes, you know, he's just like a know-it-all man who says, 
you know, this is what happened. He got tangled up in his costume or he started to have regrets. He came to rob us. So, I mean, some of the different points of view come from the character, like what type of person are they? This is like a law and order, know-it-all kind of man. And then, you know, so people bring their own expectations to the event. But um, in this one, you know, similarly, the best friend, the childhood friend of Betsy came and she was worried for her friend. She's devoted to her friend. Kitty says, he was shooting at you. Your ear is bloody and, you know, that's what happened. He was aiming for you. And Mimi always comes suspicious with an open mind. And Mm. she's like, we don't really know what happened. My goodness, this is so confusing. You know, we just don't know. And so she's, I think, the open-minded one who, you know, is willing to be Mm. skeptical, yeah, of everybody's tales. And here's a double question. Yeah, go ahead. Well, we have... Oh, this poor guy, he's dead. Oh, Larry, yeah. he's dead. What? What? He? Yes. Okay. He, even though he's deceased, somehow he's not dead. Um. So, what happens to his money after his wife passes, and who gets it? Ooh. Yeah. Like so, right. So this is a very complicated element of the story, but Betsy yep. Kowalski, the homeowner. She had worked for a really wealthy guy on Wall Street. She worked for a guy named Larry D'Amico, and she was like his right hand, but she was an employee. She wasn't uh, she wasn't a partner in the business. She uh, so Larry, when he died, he leaves all of his money to his widow. And the two of them agreed they had no children. The two of them agreed mm. that it, when she was to die, the money, the, their collective money, would go to Betsy, the loyal employee who ended up having a good idea that was part of what fueled the business. It wasn't the whole thing. Larry was a very smart man. He was very charismatic. Mm. He, uh, you know, but one of the ideas that got made him so successful came from Betsy when she was just an employee of, of his. And so the will says, okay, if Betsy were to die before the widow, which was um, the the Larry D'Amico's widow um, was always sick and much older than Betsy. If Betsy were to die before that, uh, members of Larry's family, his sister's kids, would get the money. Mm-hmm. But no one really thought that was going to happen. Um, but but in a way, that gives you a, a reason why someone might want to kill Betsy. Um, this is very mm-hmm. complicated. But it's it's Betsy was a healthy, vigorous, athletic lady. And Larry's widow was an elderly, sickly lady. Shortly, so, so the police, when they show up, they say, who would want to kill you, Betsy? Who would want to uh, kill you and get your millions? And she goes, I don't have millions. 
and then it, it turns out Larry's wife, uh, Larry's wife is on her deathbed. So maybe somebody did have a reason to want to kill Betsy in the next two days before the wife dies, because this, this is hard to follow, right? But there'd be a reason I to kill it. the younger woman, uh, because then Larry's family, Larry's sister's kids, would get his millions. Um, and that's that's so that puts the question of where are Larry's children, Larry's nieces. Where where are they? Mm-hmm. Might they be in Chautauqua? Might they have some put this gunman up to it? Might they have fired the shots? So I mean, there's uh, you're trying to look for who could possibly have a motive. Initially, it mm-hmm. seems like nobody has a real reason to kill this woman because she doesn't have millions yet. But then when you realize she's about to inherit millions, someone might have mm-hmm. jumped in and want to kill her so they could have access to Larry's millions and that just widens the pool like you know and then another question was uh, is one of the her nephews just a joker and he set up this scene you know and it just went awry like maybe it was an accident you know so there's lots of questions of, of who might have done it and it gets like very, very complicated in terms of who would have a reason to want to kill this lady, and um, who would have a reason to want to kill the man. The man who was the intruder turns out to be a waiter at the local hotel. Yeah, that's and Johnny, right? He, yeah. So Johnny was a waiter. And there is a grand hotel in Chautauqua that's called the Athenaeum. And it's, you know, got a lot of history. And it's a beautiful spot where you can eat on the balcony, on the porch, and look out on the lake. And Johnny thought he recognized Betsy when he waited on her. Mm -hmm. He said, I know you. And she said, no, I don't know you. You must be mistaken. And he says, no, no, I I know you. Um, I know you from a restaurant my dad had um, in a suburb of New York. And she thinks, oh, he's one of those young people who think all old people look alike. You know, that he's (laughs) just, uh, yeah, so that he doesn't really know her. But that's a clue. Does he know her or doesn't he know her? And if he does know her, what does that make him a threat to her or doesn't it make her a threat make him a threat um so i mean that's sort of one of the many many threats that uh, mimi follows to try and figure out you know who might have who might have uh killed this waiter well, we have a whole bunch of other people that it could be. Now, is yes. it, his girlfriend was Rachel, right? So they're worried yes. about Rachel being in danger also. Also, um, Mimi has an eye, uh, not so much like Jessica Fletcher as much. Um, there, yeah. There's a book I just reviewed, and that's all I'll say mm-hmm. about that. Um, there's 12 stories by 12 authors that rewrote Agatha Christie. I want to In their that. own way. yeah. I want to read that. Yeah, Do they I would set be it curious in modern to know. Times? 
or did they set uh, it in her times? A, bo- a little bit, a little bit of both. Okay, um, it's called okay. Marple. Yeah, it's called Marple. I want to read and, that. Um, yeah, and I love Miss Marple. Some of the stories. Yeah. Some of the stories are really good, and some of them, I just said Agatha Christie would cry, seriously. Oh, really? So they were okay. like, they're 12, and when I did review it, because Fran doesn't write nasty stuff ever, I just yeah. sort of highlighted some of them, and there were a the few that ones. really were, were really good, but there was nobody that's Agatha Christie. Yet. Of course But there not. were a few that she are coming is, close. She is such a genius. I mean, each time I read something yeah, by was. her, I can't believe how consistently great she was. And she did something like more than 60 books. And yeah. she's the best read author of all time. Not a, a fiction author. I mean, it's not just mysteries, but all all books. Everything, yeah. And yeah, and I just read that she took two or three months to write each book. She's so quick. So, I mean, well, you know, it takes me a year, and it, and it, I'm racing to finish. And um, I just can't see how amazing she is with such clever stuff. And it just took her two or three months. Which, well, I just you know, finished just my book my yesterday. Mind. Yeah. Okay. I, I finished my new book yesterday. Well, wow. It was a miracle that I even finished it. Yes, it's a Faces Behind the Stones, Told from the Dead Body. It's called wow. The Accused. The title oh, that's a great was, title. Was picked, yeah. Yeah, the title was picked by the older woman that reads all my books in the beauty parlor. I gave her the okay, honor. Okay, that's fabulous. Uh, and she, she wants, yeah, so we talked about... You know, which dead bodies. And then there's, I did something different yeah. that you guys do once in a while. As I wrote okay. two stories that may possibly be in the next book of whatever I decide to write about. So mm-hmm. I, I was I was, I was, was excited about doing that because yeah. the publisher actually took it yesterday. And Great. who knows? And, if, you know, okay. we never know. It, it just took me, it took me a long time. It took me it forever to write it. It is a triumph to finish anything. There's so many people who start yeah. and never finish. I teach That's sometimes right. in the summer, and, uh, you know, I'm so happy when my students finish a book. A lot of people come in intending to and, and just don't. Mm-hmm. So you should go celebrate, Fran. That's a major accomplishment to finish, really. And I think it in is. this business you know, it's so tough. You should celebrate every milestone, really. It's a triumph. I just, I just, I just celebrated coming up with nine stories with different ideas. I was like, okay. can you do this? It just, you know, it just takes wear and tear. And I decided the other day, I said, you know what? Well, I, I should really thank the post office for not delivering my books to review. I mean, they, they've for been not- lacking on it. Yeah, but not they. They did. They they've been really slow. So today I got two. From somebody, I have okay. no clue who he is, but he sent me two books. And another one okay, from Isabella nice. Blackthorn, and I'm going like, oh, well. But, yeah, I actually finished, so yeah. they gave me a chance to finish. But here, here is a, here's a question that most people want to ask, okay, first go of ahead, all. Okay, Yeah. So why is she, Mimi is like an Agatha Christie kind of person. She's very astute, yes. and she sees things more like Perot, because I love Perot, and I love Monk. 
Um, okay. And they look at the scene and they see something that nobody else does. How does she do this? And why is it, this is really cool, people. You know, everybody says to me, Fran, you have to review the book. Well, they say, in the town, Mimi and Sylvia, you got to solve the crime. How come they want her to solve it and not the police? They're better off with her. Yes, you know, I think they do. They At first, people, of course, want the police, but I think they want justice. And in yeah. this case, the police, uh, Tinsdale is terrific, but he's so green and new and doesn't really have the authority. So, I mean, people just want the truth to come out. And if it's not going to be done by the police, they're lucky to have Mimi and Sylvia on the job because they're relentless. They just don't give up. I don't think I don't think in this book they face threats. I can't remember. But um, the uh, they constantly are threatened. Back off, back off. No, they do in this too. And, uh, you know, they are just, um, you know, just committed to figuring out, mm. you know, what, what really happened. And so mm. some people locally who want the truth to come out really turn to them and respect what they bring to the effort. So, uh, as long as they don't get killed on the way. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And now they have a couple other helpers. Uh, Mimi always yeah. relies on her son, uh, Jake. That was my next question. He's okay, my other favorite ahead, character because okay. my nephew is a Jake, and he, my nephew te- Jake texts me every day to tell me he misses me, and that I'm the coolest oh. aunt. I'm, yeah, well, you, well if your so aunt has nice. purple, my my has purple, red, blue, green, and pink. With blonde and highlights, all those highlights. Your hair. So he, he wow. No, I'm not kidding. For real, okay. it's me. Different. All right. And why is this? Yes. My 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 computer better stop doing that. Um, okay. So who who so, are he's he helps her with the computer and the information, and what exactly yes. does he find that that no one else could find? Because I could use him too. Yes, he always finds stuff that other people can't find. In this case, um, he goes to visit the widow, um, D'Amico's widow, before she dies. And he also does some investigating online uh, of Betsy, the homeowner, and Betsy's sister. And that's um, an avenue to pursue as well is that Betsy uh, had a sister named Bitsy, and the two of them grew up, you know, kind of a tough home mm. life. Uh, they grew up um, feeling like the poor girls at the local Catholic school. They couldn't afford tuition except that their dad was the janitor. And uh, Betsy and Betsy is the more academic, successful sister. She went on to get scholarships and to work um, on Wall Street for the hedge fund guy, the hedge fund guy who's going to leave her leave her his money. Um, and Betsy had a more troubled background. She was 
probably just as smart as her sister, but she was a little bit of the wild girl, and she got herself in trouble and ended up um, causing a car accident and being kind of a recluse for much of her life. Um, The sisters reunited uh, near the end, and that's an element as well. But the reclusive sister um, really stayed out of the world for a lot of her life, feeling guilty about Mm. causing a car accident and, uh, you know, bitter also towards the world and guilty. And then maybe towards the end of, um, as the sisters got older, they lived together and how that ends plays a role in the story as well. So it's complicated. It's complicated. But like I said, it's a, it is an Agatha Christie story that I just tried to update. And in her story, there's a reclusive sister as well who had um, health issues. And so she ended up staying removed from the world because of um, disfigurement and health issues. And this sister in my story also has scars, physical and mental scars, um, that kept her out of the world a bit. And so that's that's a piece of the story, too. Um, it's but amazing how you pick out what you yeah. want to write about. That's, 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 yeah. that's the hardest thing. I mean, my, my body is. is dead, so some of my stories, believe it or not, are true. Okay. And I dare anybody I to, to read it. You. Yeah, yeah. They, they they read. Yeah, they're they're true, and some of them are not. Okay. and it's amazing. Yes, you know how you can how a dead person that's been wrongly accused can do that. But here we go to yes. another character that came okay. into play because we have about before I forget um, Thursday yes. something brand new. It's not a book, people. It's Pastor okay. Michael Jones. Pastor Michael is friends with my niece in Florida who introduced me to him. Pastor Michael just started an online university, and the online university Uh is to teach people how to do EPUBs and publish and Amazon and a whole bunch of things. Yeah, it it looks interesting. His cast of characters are, his cast of, you know, people that work for him are his family, but it's nice. On the 7th, I have to redo the perfect brother, because we had a time clock issue that was not yes. good. On the 8th, okay. everybody get ready. Philip Margolin is here with Murder at Black Oaks. I love Phil. Wow. And on the 10th, yeah, as a matter of fact, he's going to probably book his next show on the show live. He doesn't let me get wow. off the phone until I take the next one. I get the first interview okay. for every book. That's my, on the 10th, okay. John Lane. Who wrote with wrote yes. with Hagar Graham, Blood Moon on the fourteenth? Wow. We have um, Doctor Sabrina Shu, the number one pain interventionist doctor, with her co-author Linda Spear. Where it hurts. On the sixteenth, I've got those crazy guys, the Beltskis, Schlossberg, and a whole bunch. And don't forget Vincent Zander <laughs> do a panel. I love those guys. Uh-huh. I love those guys. And yes. on the twenty-first, I just hope it works out. Jonathan Brown, Chloe. He wants to do that, oh, wow. and okay. and that's that's just not even close. My show. If you have anybody has anybody coming out, 
You better tell me because yes. I just booked the last one in January with Vincent Zandri. It's going to be different. We're going to talk about how to write pulp fiction horror and his writing process okay. of, and what happens when it's 100 books or whatever. So next wow. question. Yes. The, you said something about Larry and Helen and yes. her kids. Why were they involved? And what happens when they're concerned about the ages of those present? You see, I want the people to understand age is just a number, and it's usually the wrong one you're given, so don't worry about it. Just don't uh-huh. even think about it. <clears throat> okay. Well, this is, again, you know, just one of these complicated Agatha Christie things mm-hmm. where it's kind of cool that she has all the suspects in one location. You know, it's kind of a, mm-hmm. it's not murder on the Orient Express, but it's like all the suspects are gathered at this um, at this event, I mean, at the Who Done It mystery game, somebody, unless you think somebody's, uh, you know, behind the scenes put someone up to it and and isn't present, um, everybody there is a suspect. And so you sort of think, okay, working backwards, if one of Helen's daughters stands to inherit the money if Betsy's dead. Maybe somebody present at the party is one of Helen's daughters. Where are Helen's mm. daughters today? Could they have assumed a fake identity and come to Chautauqua, you know, and stage this to try and kill off Betsy so they can inherit the money? So then you start to think, who could be in the room that fits the age group of Helen's daughters. Well, Mimi, I don't think is a hundred percent sure, you know, of exactly how old, but there's probably Helen's daughters are probably in their thirties. So who in this household at the event is in their thirties? There's a few different women, um, you know, who could fit it. Uh, two, one is a tenant and she's staying at Merrill Manor paying rent, staying in a small room, and her name is Sandy. She's a gardener who works for Chautauqua. Mm -hmm. Another person uh, at the gathering, you know, who's in their 30s, has been introduced as a young, distant cousin of um, Betsy Kowalski. Betsy's an elderly, an older woman, I mean, I shouldn't say elderly because cause <laughs> I'm getting to be that age as well. But she's retired, let's say. She's in her 60s. And she um, uh, has a smart aleck nephew who's an actor. And he brings a woman to stay for the summer as well who he says is his sister. And uh, the two of them are in their 30s. And the gardener's in her 30s. And there's a young man who's a neighbor. He's in his 30s. He's the writer. And his name is Eric. And I think mm-hmm. all those young people in their 30s could possibly be the heirs, could possibly be the children of Helen if you get to the bottom of, like, who are they really? And uh, that's one okay. of the things that Mimi starts to wonder about is like, is everybody who they claim to be? Or is anybody... And there's actually one other neighbor. The judge is married to a young wife. 
And uh-huh. she could possibly be someone she else. Maybe she isn't who she says she is. So there's a few different people that they want to put under the microscope and see, you know, who are they really. And that's part well, of the Well, there's a character that we didn't bring in yet. Is. Yes, okay. Well, <laughs> Mimi, Mimi questions people, but who is Frank and how come they think he might be a suspect? And who is Evelyn? And why does she think they should get rid of her room? Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. So like I said, there's just dozens of characters in this because it's sort of like a Agatha Christie. So in the people, uh, among the people present at this event are Frank, the smart aleck nephew, who is an actor. And so an actor always makes you think, okay, he could be pretending mm-hmm. anything. And he's a prankster. He's also, like, pulled jokes on people. So if there is someone who said a murder is announced and hired someone to come pretend they're holding up the place, maybe it's Frank behind it. Um, The other person is maybe it's the uh, cook um, who's hired help in the the, uh, house. She's there that night. She's bitter that she was asked to work late, and her name is Evelyn. Mm-hmm. And she also mm-hmm. is a bit of a snoop. She hears things or thinks she hears things. She thinks she knows things about people in the house. Maybe she does, maybe she doesn't. Uh, the other person who is a bitter person in the house is named, what is, what is the older lady, is Evelyn. That was Evelyn. I'm sorry. The cook was Ernestine. 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 Even I need to refer to my list. So Evelyn is the oldest person in the house. She is in her 90s, and she is not just the oldest person in the house. She is the oldest person in Chautauqua who has been coming for the longest, not the oldest person, but she's been coming to Chautauqua for the longest time in history and she sort of has a little bit of celebrity in the local community. Mm-hmm. There's a birthday celebration for Chautauqua every year. In real life, there is. And they ask how many people have been coming for 50 years? How many have been coming for 51 years? How many have been coming? And she gets to stand up and have sort of a place of honor. She came as a baby, you know, with her family um, years and years mm-hmm. ago when they had to come by you know, horse-drawn carriage, their luggage came by horse-drawn carriage, and they came by steamboat on Lake Chautauqua. This is a digression. But anyway, Evelyn is kind of a nasty, sour old lady. And when Mimi starts asking questions like, what happened, what did you see, she really has wants no part of this. She's just mm. sour. She's bitter towards her daughter. She's... Uh, doesn't want to, she thinks it's all nonsense. She doesn't want to be part of it. And then later in the book, she's kind of in a good mood one night. And the questions she was asked early, she starts to really think about. And she thinks, where was everyone standing when the lights went out? Where was everyone standing when the lights went on? She was in the, she was Mm -hmm. at the event, but she didn't really offer her comments early because sometimes she was napping when they were questioning people. 
sometimes she was just, I don't, I think this is ridiculous. So she actually saw the most when, uh, Mm. when the right when the lights went out because most people in the room were facing the intruder who had a flashlight in their mm. eyes she was next to the intruder because she was sitting down on her walker she doesn't walk very well and so she was able to see into the sitting room where everybody was and in a lot of ways, that's a turning point because um, if you know where everybody claimed to be and everybody actually was, uh, mm-hmm. the, it's damning. The killer is actually not where they claimed to be, and everyone assumed the killer was there. Uh, this, when, when Evelyn has information about where the killer really was, that is very critical information and it kind of puts Evelyn's life in danger. And no, well, um, before we, before yes, we have about time so, for about two more questions. Okay. Um, this was, thank this you was so really much cool. again for having me. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, I don't want I don't want to miss all of this, but we have so many so many characters. Those of you that haven't yes. read Wicked Schemes, just the title alone, oh my God. So number uh-huh. one how did you create the final scenes and link the past and the present? And number two, I love the last page. I hate the mask, okay. but I love the last page. I love the last page of this story. It brings a smile. Okay. So how did Thank how did you. you create the final scenes, and how come you made that last scene sort of like what's happening now in the world? Well, you know, I uh, the very last, the scene before is a typical Agatha Christie, you know, everybody yeah. gathered in one place again, all the suspects. First you think somebody's being accused, but then it turns out to be another twist, an Agatha Christie twist, where it actually turns out to be Mimi exposing the killer. I don't want to say who it is, but she sets up a showdown that's kind of dramatic, mm-hmm. but kind of, you know, more old-fashioned, but fun. And then she explains it all, how she figured this, how she figured that, how she figured the other. And then I want the, you know, happy ending. <laughs> so I uh, just do a classic happy ending that includes a wedding, but then there's mm-hmm. a twist to the wedding um, that is yeah. another surprise. So it's not just the straightforward wedding, but there's one more twist, and I think that that's what Fran's talking about, and I hope it makes everyone happy. It did. So, so what is next for Mimi, and what's next for you, and who's coming okay. back in the next book besides Tinsdale that better come back? Yes, I am just underway with book number 10, and I have... Most of the elements, I generally just, I like to have the beginning and the end. And Mm -hmm. because I had fun with this kind of setting where everybody's in the same place, I'm doing that again. Mm -hmm. Uh, People are at a book club. Yeah. Oh, nice. A short story club or a book club. And somebody uh, ends up dead. And so once again, it's probably someone who is in the room and or the house was open, so, I mean, possibly someone could have come in. 
I'm going to have Tinsdale come back. Sylvia will remain frozen in time in her 90s. She's not going to get older. Uh, Mimi Good. and Jake will be back. I haven't necessarily gotten the subplot of what happens, um, you know, for the family or for the, you know, personal story. But I definitely have the who done it and why. And I'm always racing to try and get it done sooner. But I'm somebody who is a little bit last minute. So I definitely have to have it done by June 27th, which is when Chautauqua season starts. It's a nine-week season of concerts, lectures, church services, and other activities. And I like to have it done Mm -hmm. to sell to my natural audience, which is people who go to Chautauqua in the summer. And so that's my deadline. I'd be foolish to miss that and try, you know, and not be able to sell to them. And what's up with you, Fran? Well, don't forget to include Walt. We can't forget Walt. Okay. That's true. Mimi's husband. Yes. Mimi's husband is a sweetheart. He needs needs to be involved in solving a murder or something, but just don't kill him off. Okay. This is is the, the one gripe that I have against everybody. Thank God you don't do this. Um, okay. Thanks, lately, friend. they've been killing off major characters. This is not mm. good. Um, okay. Yeah, major, ma- so, big ones. Yeah, major f- characters in the book. Yes. And I go like, you can't do that to me because it kills my whole thing. So oh, where can? Uh, okay. By the way, just want you to know, um, my dermatologist. He just texted me again. When am I getting more yes. books? I, I oh. he does I. Yeah, the truth of the matter is is that Dr. Mermelstein's friend has a bag out, so I was just there two weeks ago to visit, and I brought him 50. Okay. I've got another 35 in my bag, and yours is going in there, too. His wife oh, loves good. me. Oh, Give him my book. Oh, that's great. That's I, well, so yes, nice of you to share she, she your wants, stuff. This, this she's going to love because she's going to be able to read this without glasses or whatever. Putting her so glasses, he, he that's blesses true. me. And okay. The truth of the matter oh, is, that's is great. that I never have to wait for an appointment, even if I don't need one. They tell me to come because uh, I know I'm going to bring books for the. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that's cool. Somebody's got to like me. What can I say? So where can everybody uh, get all of Mimi? All of Mimi is absolutely at the Chautauqua Bookstore. If you want to, you know, if you oh, want to uh, support local and shop local, the Chautauqua Bookstore in Chautauqua, New York. And also, Off the Beaten Path is an adorable local bookstore in Lakewood, New York. And then if you Mm -hmm. want to order it online, which is the easiest, but you also can Mm -hmm. order online from the Chautauqua Bookstore and Off the Beaten Path, and they'll they'll send it to you if you want a paperback. uh, Wicked Schemes is everywhere. I'm trying to get all my books everywhere, but um, what I mean by everywhere is Wicked Schemes is absolutely on Amazon as a paperback and an ebook, and now it's also an Apple ebook and a Kobo ebook and mm-hmm. a Google Play ebook and one other Apple, Google Play, Kobo, uh, ah. Oh, Barnes and Noble. It's on Barnes and Noble, too. And you know what I found out? Barnes and Noble, that's right. Yes. If you Google yourself, you're going to find yourself in India, China, Japan. I'm serious. All my books are out there. Oh, cool. And if you Google World Cat, you'll find yourself on there, too, possibly. I had no idea I was there. Um, 
You have wow. no idea where any where you where you are. If you just Google yourself, you're going to be surprised you're there. But anyway, surprised that thank it's you everywhere. so much. Oh, Fran, yeah, thank you, you in for other words, me. they're going to find you no matter where you try to hide. They're not going. They're going to find you, Deb. Don't worry. So okay. everybody, thank you so much. It is great. This this brightened my day. Of course, it's raining outside, but that's okay. Um, everybody, get wicked schemes. Get Fruit of Lies. Get them all. You don't have to read them from the beginning. Yeah, read them all from the beginning. And thank you so okay. much, everybody. Have a great day, and bye. Okay. Thanks, Fran. Bye-bye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.